Top of the morning, everyone, and welcome to the Waterstone Media Podcast. My name is Ryan Kirk, and I'm here with... Taylor Crook. Uh, and we are doing the second episode of our podcast, and should be a pretty fun one for you today. Uh, before we get started, Taylor, why don't you tell us what you're up to these days? Uh, so yeah, I am currently editing, I'm in the editing process of uh, what will be my first solo release, Infernal Shadow, which is the first book in a trilogy that is, working title is Legacy of the Arahana, but I kind of like it, so it's probably going to stick. Um, it is an interesting process. Uh, I wrote this a couple years ago now, and, and it's the first book I kind of attempted, so really it, the, the concept of it is four or five years old. Uh, editing that version of Taylor's work is a lot more difficult than <laughs> editing like the, the first book of Sentinel Saga version of Taylor's work. So it's been interesting, but like actually a really fun process, uh, just unknotting a lot of plot knots and, and figuring stuff out and turning the story into something that's so much better. So it's, it's a pretty cool opportunity that way. I feel like we are already off to a better start than last week because we are a minute and 20 seconds into this recording and we haven't misnamed our own books. Yeah, that's a generous we, but no, we have not misnamed our own books, right? <laughs> we, we live and die together, Taylor. That, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> what are you working on? Um, I'm actually very excited. So uh, my next release... Fall of Forgotten Gods is with uh, the ARC readers. So they are reading it, they'll review it, <clears throat> and hopefully catch any um, last lingering typos that made it through all the editing process. But while they are doing that, I actually started work on the next novel in the Last Sword in the West series. And it has been really, really fun. I'm about 10,000 words into it. And I have just been chuckling the whole time. And I'm probably not nearly as funny as I think I am, but it has been a very enjoyable process uh, to get that book started. It is just, that series is just fun to write. So I've been enjoying it. Yeah. You've been, I've been lucky enough to get a couple of sneak previews on stuff that you've been particularly <laughs> happy about. It, it does look like a lot of fun. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading something else right now, but I think The Last Sword is probably going to be my next of yours <clears> that I read. But it's interesting. We talked about this with, uh, with Sentinels when, I was, when we were writing the first book of Sentinels. I was reading uh, the Gates uh, uh, series, mm. and you were even noticing a little bit of your style creeping into my writing. So I, I do try and stagger it so I'm not reading your stuff while we're working on something, which I think is probably a good move. Um, so, <laughs> so we'll see. But, yeah, that'll be my next of yours, I think. You sold me on yeah. it. I mean, you never know. You could just keep reading all of my stuff and then essentially mirror and duplicate my exact style. And that's yeah, right. Then it's just you're basically just have a, a little mini me doing <laughs> half of your blocks. That's <laughs> uh, probably not a good idea. Um, it's true though. I also actually pay really close attention to what I am reading while I am writing. Yeah, and. <clears throat> Like, I know that if there's, like, a type of author that I want their style to kind of leak into what I'm doing, that I try and save their books for when I'm writing an appropriate book. So, like, when That's I'm writing Last Sword, I will tend to read a lot more fantasy or thrillers that are faster paced, mm -hmm. uh, that keep that tension high. 
That's a good um, idea. Then I will like a really big thousand page epic mm-hmm. fantasy. So yeah, the Tolkien kind of stuff that is, I guess, a yeah. little burn for you. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Well, that's actually a pretty good segue on what we're talking about this week. I would say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we uh, we decided to go with a, a, a top five list. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about our top five favorite uh, fantasy books or series. And can I just tell you, you know, we came up with this idea a few days ago, and so I've been thinking about this, <clears throat> trying to figure out what would be in the top five list. And I really had a bit of a hard time with this. Uh, did you? So or yeah, so we like, talked about check 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 check. <laughs> the there so we talked about this a little bit, and when I first started making the list, I was kind of doing fantasy and sci-fi as a as a as like a, you know, two sides of the same coin kind of genre, uh, and you said no, let's specifically make it uh, fantasy so that we can do a sci-fi list. Spoilers for the next <laughs> podcast, which is cool. Um, so that when, when I had to choose just fantasy, that be what it made me realize is. I, a lot of sci-fi is in my top lists, but it made it a little easier because there was things that were, you know, getting going to get an honorable mention that now made it into my top five. So I guess short answer, no, I was I was able to, to fill it out pretty, pretty easily. So I think maybe that's the problem that I was dealing with <clears throat> was the honorable mention section, mm. because there's so much good fantasy that I've read specifically in the last even three or four years that trying to choose a best of was really difficult for me. I felt like I either had to choose like two series or books or 20. Um, Five was a strangely hard number to try and fill. Interesting. So for me, I really started to, I, you know, my, my top ones weren't so hard because they're my top ones, but I was like, I had to remind myself, this is my f- favorites, not what's best, mm-hmm. but like what, what I think is the best. Because some of my favorites mm-hmm. I know are not as good as some other series. <laughs> they're not. But they're my favorites. And so I, what I really started to do is think about like the emotional response that I have to it. Uh, and uh, how many times have I reread this series? Because mm-hmm. rereading something is something that I will do with stuff that I love. Same with rewatching it on television or replaying a video game. That's, that's something I do with something that holds a place in my heart. And so that was another sort of metric that I used to look at it. So that, that helped me a little bit. The, you know, this is actually good. I was even going to ask you about this, but that is almost exactly the same scale that I used to finally whittle down my answer. Yeah. Was The question was, what stories had the biggest emotional impact on me? And yeah. Ah. that was... That was the deciding factor at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. What, what book is, is like a warm blanket for you when you want to sit down with something that's comforting, right? Like it's, I do that with television too. I will put on Parks and Rec or The Office when I just need something warm and comfy to, to watch. And that's, it's the same thing for books. So, In a completely separate podcast, we should talk about rewatching things or rereading things 100%. because I don't do it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we could do that. I, I, I just don't do it. It's very, very rare that I read something a second time. Uh, mm. But my wife is like you. She, I mean, she's even got like seasons where it's like, oh, okay, it's winter. I'm going to read these books. Yeah, interesting. I've interesting. always found it interesting. But we'll, we should talk about that later. For now, we should get into our list. For sure. And you should start us off. I should also preface it. My top five are in no particular order. Um, mm. Maybe one or two might be the best, but... 
these are all series that I really, really love. So, um, okay. Mine, mine has an order, but it, it, it could shift. I, it just depending on, you know, how I'm feeling for sure. It's, <laughs> I mean, obviously subjective. It's a, it's a favorites list. So, okay. So we're, we're starting with five then I'm assuming. Yeah. Starting with number five, Taylor, uh, what are, what are you going to give us? So, uh, I struggled with this one between one, this series and another, and <laughs> I promise that I am not either blowing smoke or trying I know. to, oh, you. <laughs> but it's, it's an honest, and this is part of the reason I start struggle with it. And I almost went with another series to avoid this, but Nightblade is, is in my top five for sure. <laughs> I am currently rereading it for the third time right now. That's what I'm rereading. So... No smoke being blown, no free advertising for Ryan Kirk and his phenomenal breakout series, Nightblade. But uh, it's, I just, I really do love it. And I really, and, and it's, it is something that I look forward to reading and getting a chance to read again. And yeah, it, it's definitely up there for me. So that is, that's my number five. <laughs> well, the other series you. that I was wrestling with, sorry to, the other series I was wrestling with no. was um, The Reluctant Swordsman, uh, was, mm. which is Dave Duncan. Um, which is another one of my series, like go-to rereads. So, but I, but Nightblade edged it just a little bit. Um, Mr. Duncan is a little problematic in his representation of women, I think. Uh, and as much as I try and separate the art sometimes and acknowledge that this was a series that was written in the eighties and that he really is doing his best to represent women. Well, it's, it's pretty, you know, it, it's, it can be tough at times. So it's a little easier to not have to cringe through uh, Nightblade as I do some parts of, of Reluctant Swordsman. So. Well, thank you and congratulations for embarrassing me online. <laughs> well, it wasn't my intention, but I, if I'm doing an honest top five, that was not my number five. So, Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. Um. So for mine, I'm actually going to go with the Mistborn trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, have you read this one? I have not. I have not read any Sanderson, but in working with you, he has mentioned enough that I have looked into and, and I've been sort of creating a, a little list, but maybe I'll put Mistborn at the top of my list for Sanderson to, to check out. I do have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He is an incredible author, and I don't think he and I have a lot in terms of uh, style that's very similar, mm -hmm. but I just have a tremendous amount of respect for the very hard and rule-based magic systems that he creates. Yeah. And I think Mistborn actually might have been one of the first series of his that I read, and it still remains one of my favorites. I've only read the original trilogy. I know that it, the world has been expanded upon. But I loved both the mix of the hard magic and the way that it gets used throughout the series. But also just the twists and turns that the plot takes. Uh, I found myself very impressed by it. And it is a series that I would be happy to return to. Which cool. I can't say about very much. A lot of them, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Okay, um, number four for Taylor. Number four for me, uh, sort of Shannara, the the, the okay. very first. Um, I read that. It was probably the first book I read after Tolkien, and I was pretty mm. young. I I read Lord of the Rings when I was in grade, I was like grade three or so, grade three or four. 
So it, this would have been the first one after that. So I don't think I was old enough to understand how much Tolkien was being used in something like Shannara. Like it's it's a mm-hmm. very, you know, that blueprint is very, no, I mean, that being said, it's the hero's journey. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, but um, it would, but it was similar enough for me to say, oh, like Alanon, that guy's like Gandalf. And, you know, and, and, you know, sort of see the, the, the formula that I enjoyed in Lord of the Rings and then like see it. And obviously it is a very different series, but uh, yeah, that first one was, you know, it was the first time I was introduced to a Druid and the idea of a Druid, you know, hmm. you know, a magic Druid using Jew. Oh man, that was great. I, I loved that. I thought that was really cool. So uh, it's not one that I, I don't know, I, I may have reread it, but it's been a long time. So it's, it's from my hardcover collection. It's, it's one I'm hunting for right now. So, but yeah, that, that's, okay. yeah, that's my number four. I, that was going to be the question. Again, it's like you're in my head, but I was actually going to ask you if you had reread it as you were older and now had read a wider breadth of fantasy, and if it had changed your opinion at all. Yeah, no, and I haven't. So it's. It, I think it's. It would be interesting to do that, but there's a place for it in my heart, for you know, and it's you know, who, who, it may not change because it's it's it, you know, it it sort of it forms who you are and what your opinion is, right? So, but as a kid, I just remember loving it, loving it. I, I do find that critique very interesting that it does get compared so often um, to Tolkien and how it borrowed from Tolkien's story. Because I think it's a double-edged sword where there are some people who are like, yes, I want more Lord of the Rings. This is fantastic. Yeah. And then there's others who are, no, this is too derivative. It cuts both ways, right? Yeah, absolutely it does. Absolutely. Number four for you. Yeah, so this one might be a little bit uh, out of left field. And this is one that I thought about for quite a while. Had a hard time figuring out what to to put in this position. But I'm actually going to go with the uh, manga and now anime series Attack on Titan. Oh, interesting. I I don't know that I would have thought of that as fan, but obviously manga is fantasy. Like that's exactly what it is. So interesting. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I think this one definitely qualifies. There's a lot of... Uh, it kind of blends magic versus science, so I suppose potentially you could make an argument both ways, but I think particularly near the beginning, before the mechanisms of the world are truly understood, <clears throat> it certainly seems fantastic or mythological. And um, I think I have lost Ryan, but it looks like I'm still recording, so I'm not sure 100% what is going to happen next. I will vamp. A little bit here. Um, he was having a little bit of technical issue before we got started. Oh, it looks like he's coming back. I see a loading screen with Ryan underneath. So okay, we shall see what I am back. There. Oh, you're back. I vamped. Don't worry. I don't know um. if it counts as vamping to say you're vamping, but I vamped. <laughs> um, but anyway, going back to uh, Attack on Titan. Um, yep. I just think that the world building is really cool. And the dilemmas that the characters are put in are really, really powerful. And I've probably had more emotional responses, both to reading the manga and watching it being adapted to anime, um, than in a lot of other series that I've read. So I have to put Attack on Titan on the list. Interesting. That's that's cool. Yeah, I don't know that I would have like necessarily thought of that, but yeah, you're absolutely right about the the world building and such. I am not as much a, an anime or manga guy, uh, so I haven't checked it out. But um, 
again, maybe I should there. That's, uh, Someday I'm going to rub off on you. <laughs> I mean, I watched Cowboy Bebop, well, the, well, the, well, the that's new version of it that you didn't like. So. <laughs> yeah, fair um. enough. <laughs> um, so number three for you. Okay. So it's interesting that you were talking about the blending of science and magic because this one, I didn't know. I think there could have been an argument for it going on either the sci-fi list or the fantasy list. But I, what I ended up doing is thinking, okay, well, what, what part of this book did I enjoy more? Which aspect did I, did I enjoy more? Because he splits it pretty evenly. But uh, I went with the Apprentice Adept series. Oh, I've lost Ryan again. I'm going to keep talking. We'll fill him in. Uh, I went with the Ad- Apprentice Adept series by Piers Anthony. Um, for those that aren't familiar. Oh, he's coming back. Now I don't have to do that. Let's give him two seconds here. See if he can pop back in. Hey, you're back. Yeah, sorry about that. I That's okay. Um, don't know. So I, I let our <laughs> listeners know uh, that I went with um, the Apprentice Adept series by Piers Anthony. Mm. Uh, another one that I read younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was saying, for those that don't know, it's, uh, it really splits. You know, part of it takes place on a world called Proton, which is very futuristic. And then, so it's very sci-fi. And then the other part of it, there's a what's called a curtain. And the world of Proton is shared and through another dimension uh, with a world called Phase, where everything is um, is magic-based. Uh, and, you know, there's there's everybody has sort of a, a, a twin person on the opposite side. And uh, when you go through hmm. one, you can't go through unless the other's dead. It's a whole thing. But a lot of fun. Um, and again, the, the fantasy aspects of it were, were, is what sticks out in my mind the most. Um, and I did a reread of this one maybe five years ago and I was like, oh, it's a little juvenile in terms of like, you know, it's, it's fairly simplistic writing and it's, it's, it does feel a little directed at kids, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure. It just felt a little, but again, I, I, I still loved it and I still loved you know, the, the parts of it that, that made me happy as a kid made me, made me happy now. It's, it's fun magic. Uh, you know, the, our titular hero, it's kind of like a portal fantasy meets sci-fi meets, but he, he's the blue adept in the adept are what they call the magic users. He's the blue adept in this world. And his magic is done by rhyming. It's like poetry. So if he rhymes, he rhymes to make a spell, but you can only do it once. And yeah, anyway, it's 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 pretty fun. So it, it, it made my fantasy list, I suppose. Yeah, in my top three, it's another one of those sort of influential ones for me. So very cool. Um, number three for me <clears throat> is the Green Bone Saga by Fonda Lee. I have not heard of that one. Um, you should. She's a can, or I think she's got ties to Canada, oh, okay. perhaps. So I mean, you guys should be friends. Right? Yeah, we all know each other um, up here. So, <laughs> but no, I believe that now she is in the Pacific Northwest. Um, but it is, oh man, what is the best way to describe it? It is like if somebody mixed a kung fu action film with the godfather and fantasy (laughs) sounds amazing you've got yeah you've got the uh you've got the um cool kind of organized crime aspect you've got really uh cool magic system that revolves around the use of jade okay which when um when people wear the jade on their skin, it can give them uh, certain powers, which leads to 
some of the most exquisite fight scenes that have ever been put to paper. Cool. And she's just, uh, Fondly's just an incredible writer, um, very emotional, a lot of family dynamics at play, which make it really fun. Wow. And yeah, the series just finished up, I think the, the final book released in November or December, and it has definitely catapulted itself up to the top of my list. It is, it is really good. It, it like, uh, one, two, or three could, any one of them could have been in the number one spot. Yeah, yeah. And Greenbone Saga is certainly one of those. Cool. All right. I like it. Um, oh boy, we are we are getting down to some uh, important books. We here. are number two. We are, and uh, so my number two, you know, maybe it's a little obvious, but. Uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit all is one the four the four books. I just I mean, mm-hmm. I have I have memories of, you know, long summer afternoons when I was a kid just out in the woods reading those books. Just trying to walk trying to walk through the woods like Strider. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying trying to not break twigs as I walk through like it's just it's you know, and it's it's it is obviously a a classic and it's it, it, it's maybe starting to show its age a little bit in terms of just you know, Tolkien's desire to describe to you in excruciating detail every single thing that is seen so that you are seeing it exactly through his eyes. Whereas my, you know, in terms of how I write, I would prefer to give a general description of something and then allow the reader to fill in the blanks themselves because that's what they're going to do anyway. Uh, so it's, you know, there's a, it's, it can be a bit of a, a slow grind if you go back to reread it, but it's just, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful in so many different ways. And there's a reason that there's things like the sort of Shannara that, that are using it as a blueprint. And it's just, you know, the Hobbit in particular, you know, just to sit down and read this, what is it? 500 pages, this 500 page story that is, it's just, Oh, not, not even. Yeah. Three something? I feel like The Hobbit's only like 200. Yeah, right? anyway. It's short. It's short. It's short. It is a, in, in either case, it's a short book. Um, you know, somehow they made three movies out of it, but uh, <laughs> we won't get into that discussion. Um, or we can another day. But uh, anyway, that's the, the Hobbit and the Lord. There's just, there's something, you know, it, it, uh, it awoke whatever is in me that is in love with fantasy was awoken by, by that series for sure. So. Um, there's something that's really fun where my wife actually tells the story of uh, her dad I think used to read sections of The Hobbit to her every night before she fell asleep Mm -hmm. when she was fairly young I'm tempted to say six, seven, Mm -hmm. eight, somewhere in there and that is actually something that I am looking forward to doing with my daughter where we go to bed at night and I'll read a little bit of The Hobbit so it can be her first yeah. kind of big adult fantasy as yeah, well. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that. What's your number two? Um, for my number two, um, I'm actually going to go with the um, Malazan Book of the Fallen. Okay. Uh, by Stephen Erickson, the 10-book series. Uh, it is a joke on reddit but it is just one of the most impactful series i've ever read it is enormous it is complex it is opaque uh the author steven erickson just he like you got to figure it out he's 
going to dump you into this world and he's not going to give you very much. Um, and, but to this day, it is one of the most rewarding and emotionally impactful stories I've ever read. Mm-hmm. I don't think a single series has made me both laugh and cry both as much as that series has. Wow. Um, it is incredibly dark but because of that the humor that's in it seems to land even harder than um something that's kind of funnier straight through right yeah the moments of humor jump out yeah interesting well yeah and it is the it's the only large fantasy series that i've read that i would consider rereading like I would never reread Wheel of Time or um, any other big series. I guess yeah. Wheel of Time is the one that jumps right out to me. Yeah. Um, but this one I would partly because there's so much that was hidden that I didn't figure out until near the end. That'd be fun to go back and reread, knowing everything that I know now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the interesting part about that. Why is it a joke on Reddit? What's the <laughs> Um, I've seen a few different ones, but the thing is, is that with 10 books that are like 10, you know, they're each hundreds of pages long, eight, 900 pages. Mm. Um, it just covers an enormous amount of plot. There's hundreds, if not thousands of characters. And so in that time, it seems like almost every type of story is told. Right. There's... Um, there's romantic stories, there's revenge stories, there's military stories. Um, you've got tales of gods, tales of humans, you've got assassins, you've got rogues, like just everything is in there. And so a lot of times what happens is when people will go on uh, our fantasy and ask for recommendations, those books come up, even though those books are totally not appropriate like the joke that I see is, you know, if somebody comes going looking for a fantasy romance, you can look. Well, there's a fantasy subplot here on book six and from pages eight hundred to nine hundred. Right, right. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to recommend it because it's it is one of those series that does have a tremendous impact on people when they read it. Yeah. Often. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that impact is people really don't like it because it is so obtuse and um, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. Um, but. Yeah, uh, it gets recommended for a lot of things that it probably shouldn't be recommended for. Okay. Uh, it's just funny because my number one is also <laughs> not maybe the most well thought of when you Google it uh, or, or look, but the reality <laughs> is it's, it's my number one. Um, so I chose to do, I don't know if this is, but I chose to do the, the book as opposed to the series as a whole, but Wizard's First Rule, first book of the Sword of Truth series mm. is... Uh, hugely impactful again for me as a as a fantasy obviously a little later in my life um i was in high school when i was reading it but i read it all through high school because obviously it's this giant series uh, but you can see it on the shelf behind me you know i've got i've got all the hardcovers the first 13 anywhere whatever it is i you know i i know it's continuing even or i continue even now until he passed but uh I just love the book. It's just, especially that first book contained, you know, it's all the things I want. And I think I came to it at a good age where I was too young to fully understand the sort of political views that he was maybe, you know, putting in there. And I think they were a little subtler in the first one as well. Um, But I was old enough to understand like 
the cool parts of it. So it's, you know, I, I got, I got in there right at, at the right time. So yeah, that's, that's my number one for sure. Very nice. Um, <clears throat> mine is actually Red Queen's War by Mark Lawrence. Mm. Um, it is a trilogy <clears throat> that I, this is actually, this is the only series that I've talked about that I actually listened to on audiobook. Oh, okay. Um, and I've also heard that there are different narrators depending on where you live, hmm. um, for the audiobook. Um, but the narration that I listened to was absolutely stellar and I just have a memory of a scene I was walking home um, from a hardware store maybe listening to it uh, one of these scenes in one of the uh, final books and I just remember it just brought me to tears I had to actually stop walking because I couldn't see where I was going Um, but it is um, the main character is a very scandalous rogue shall we say um he is not a very moral person and uh, does not think uh with his head very often and he's like the sort of character that normally i wouldn't want to spend time with but somehow he uh mark lawrence just kind of uh sat right on that edge of uh, you don't really want to spend time with this guy, but he's just entertaining enough that you do. Right. And then he gets matched up with this like big hulking, honorable um, warrior who you know inspires confidence and songs and legends wherever he goes. And it's just a hilarious pairing, um, but also leads to very poignant moments that really, really got me. So very cool. I like that. Uh, yeah, the stories are within are cool, and I'm a big fan of Mark Lawrence's writing, and so uh, it did really, really well, and I would highly recommend it. Cool, another one I'll have to check out. I don't, th- I don't, I don't know if I've read one of the ones <laughs> on your list. <laughs> I've read some of what you have, but there's also a lot of new yeah, ones on there. So. Hey, that's the beauty of two different authors, right? Exactly. Very exciting. Um, well, sir, this has been fun. Any last words before we take off for the nope, day? No, I think that is it. Um, looking forward to our next week discussion of our top five sci-fi books, which will be very cool. I think. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that'll be really that'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. It was actually really fun to make this list and to talk about it with someone. Agreed. So. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, we'll do it again. Sounds good, sir. All Have right, a good thanks one. Thanks for listening, everyone.